23. Most people have heard it. A lot of people know it by heart, or at least parts of it, or at least it's familiar. It's one of the most well-known, recognizable passages in the entire Bible. It's probably read and quoted uh, more at funerals than any other chapter throughout Scripture. People from all backgrounds and beliefs uh, seem to find some comfort and peace from those six verses. And in just a few short lines, uh, David, the psalmist, paints a picture of rest and care and provision, likening us to sheep and God as our shepherd. It's a simple picture, but simple doesn't make it any less profound. There are, there are deep truths contained in Psalm 23, and over the next several weeks, uh, I'd like us to just, I don't know, I guess maybe the term is sit in it for a while. I'm going to be preaching on it on Sundays uh, a little bit at a time, uh, uh, but at home on your own, I think it would be impactful if all of us are are spending time in Psalm 23. Maybe that's you just tack that on to your your uh, daily devotional reading. It's six more verses, and and then you just spend a minute or two uh, thinking uh, about that, dwelling on it, uh, uh, resting. In it, uh, maybe you'll uh, uh, you know uh, read uh, different different translations of it, uh, thinking through uh, and allowing God to speak to you uh, through that. I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of um, uh, attention and focus uh, these days on Bible reading plans, and I've talked to you a lot about that. And and maybe you've got the U version Bible app, and you're going through these plans. And and I think I've got three running right now, and and uh, just go from one. And th- that's great, and that's uh, that's good. Uh, you maybe you're reading through the Bible in a year. Uh, the problem with that for me is that if I get a day or two behind, all of a sudden then I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to read like 47 chapters today, and uh, and then it's kind of overwhelming, right? Well, somebody, and I think I've quoted this before, but somebody much wiser than me once said, uh, not to diminish those uh, uh, reading through uh, large sections of scripture, but he has said the, the point is not to get through the Bible, the point is get to get the Bible through you. And uh, a lot of times, uh, not only is it great to read large sections and get the overall view, but also it's great to spend a lot of time kind of ruminating in scripture and soaking in it and thinking about it and, and looking at it from different angles and, and just uh, allowing the spirit to, uh, to, to, to speak to you about it. And so that's what I would uh, uh, challenge you to do as we walk through this series this fall is uh, I know it's familiar and I know it's something that you probably, maybe, you know, a lot of you probably know it by heart. And, and so many times those things can, we can just kind of sail right through and, and miss what might be uh, impactful. So I'm, I'm I'm praying that the, the Spirit can speak to us uh, through these six simple verses uh, over the next uh, several weeks. I want to read it today, uh, and we'll be looking at it in different translations over, over these coming weeks, but I want to read it today from the old King James Version. Uh, that's the version that I learned it in. Uh, all the these and thous and shalls and shall nots and, and all those things, uh, uh, the THs, all the stuff, let's, uh, let's dive into it. In Psalm 23, uh, uh, King James Version, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through... That's not like, yay! That's, I I don't know, it's yay. It's King James, yay. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. I have a bit of history with, uh, with the 23rd Psalm. Not only have I heard it in church all my life and uh, memorized it as an early, at an early age, um, I also had... Uh, just full disclosure, I had I went to a Christian school uh, all through uh, through through school, and uh, in in the eighth grade, we I had a half a year of Spanish. So uh, middle school, eighth grade Spanish, Christian school. What do they let us do? What do they make us do? What is one of our projects throughout that semester? We learned the twenty third Psalm in Spanish, and every every week I think it was probably every week every week we had to add a new verse right and so we'd have to quote the verse and and to say I don't remember whether we said it like individually or just as a class and uh, anyway I was you know uh, diligent in that um, and uh, and learned the twenty third psalm in Spanish adding a verse every week and so you would we'd we'd recite the verse but then we'd we'd we kind of get a running start on it right so we uh we we learned verse one uh the uh the, the first week and then recited that and then the second week we learned verse two but we had to say verses one and two right and so we're we're continually reinforcing what we've already learned and now uh what is it 40 years later maybe i uh i know all but the last verse of the 23rd psalm in spanish because we only had to recite that one once, right? And so, uh, so I only, uh, I didn't write really, you know. So I'm going to try. I didn't write it down. I probably don't know how to spell all that anyway. Those of you that know Spanish, I'm apologizing ahead of time for my uh, uh, lack of whatever. There are times uh, that I will quote parts of this just to pretend that I know Spanish uh, if I'm in public. Oh no, now you're recording it for your Spanish-speaking wife. That's good. Okay, good. I believe I've I believe I've quoted it for, for, for Zeta already anyway, but Heo vaes mi pastor, nada me faltará, en lugares de delicados pastos me hará descansar. Junto aguas de reposo me pastoreará, confortará mi alma, me guiará por sendas de justicia, por amor de su nombre. Aunque ande en valle de sombra de muerte, no temeré mal alguno, porque tú estarás conmigo. Tu valle y tu callado me infundirán aliento. Alderezas mesa delante de mí, en presencia de mis angustiadores. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that is my, uh, my history. You're, you, don't have, you have no idea what I said. I could have said anything. You don't, you're clapping for nothing. No, anyway. So that... I will not be quoting that every week, uh, I promise, but uh, that, I, I have a little bit of history with, with the 20, but that's not why we're, we're spending this fall in the 23rd Psalm. Uh, kind of the catalyst that, that got me uh, moving in this direction, uh, drawn toward the 23rd Psalm. I read a book last winter uh, simply called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Uh, its author, Philip Keller, uh, grew up in East Africa. He was surrounded by native sheep herders whose practices were much like those of the Middle East uh, that had been for centuries, much like what, what, uh, what, what David, who wrote this psalm, what, what he would have, uh, how he would have uh, shepherded his sheep. 
And so Keller was kind of around that growing up. And then uh, as a young man, he was a rancher and he uh, owned sheep himself. And so he experienced every aspect of, uh, of raising sheep. And then later in life, he served as a pastor. And so he has the biblical and theological framework to it. And, and I just found it fascinating uh, to, to hear about those things. And, and a lot of things that, that I wasn't aware of in, in shepherding sheep, those of you that, that, that may have had experience on a farm at some point, Maybe some of that isn't as as novel to you as it was to me, but 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 it was just uh, it, it just gave a fresh new look at uh, maybe this psalm that I just kind of yeah I'll quote it some and it brings some some comfort, but but there's really some some deep truths there and and, and so. So, so that's kind of the catalyst. Yeah, I'd encourage you if you wanted to grab that book or look it up on Kindle or, or whatever, uh, just, a, just a few bucks, I think, and, and that can help uh, aid you in this, uh, in the, as we walk through this series too. But I'll be, I'll be uh, uh, pulling some stuff out of that as we walk through this too. But today, I want us to start with just the first five words. Um, that scares some people because we, pras- we pastors can go a whole long time on just a few words. Uh, and, and that's uh, maybe what we're going to do today. But uh, those first five words of Psalm 23 uh, can really be transformational if we get them right. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. There, there was a, a Sunday school teacher who gave his class an assignment. Uh, they were they were to learn certain passages. Your your uh, maybe you did this when you were uh, if you were in Sunday school you learned a, a piece to recite in church in big church sometime you know and so uh, different kids had different pieces or passages that they needed to to learn and and little Bobby in this class received Psalm twenty three and uh, he needed to learn it but Bobby I don't know, it just memorization did not come easy to him and and he just couldn't seem to get it stuck in his head and he practiced with his parents at home and he practiced with his teacher at church and and uh, the day of the recitation came and and everybody was a little bit nervous how little Bobby was going to do and other students said their their uh, their pieces and and recited things and and then it's Bobby's turn and and the teacher you know uh, gives him the cue and says go for it and 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 he steps to the mic takes a deep breath he says, the Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I know, he says. The Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I know. And I think that's maybe all we need to know. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, five words. The Lord, not anyone or anything else. It's the Lord that's my shepherd, right? Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, not, not was not might be, not could be next year sometime. It's present tense. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Not my parents, not my friends, not my pastors, not uh, the, the, the people in, in my church, not uh, the, the, the shepherd of the people that I hang out with uh, at church. Or, or else. It, This is my choice. It's a personal choice. And uh, it, it's, it's significant to me. This is a personal thing. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Not my dictator, not my lawyer, not my buddy not my clown, uh, not my enemy, not my, the Lord is my shepherd. 
We could, we could sit in each one of those words literally and uh, recognize the, the impact and the significance of that. So many times, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and a lot of times, and next week we'll focus on the, the, the I lack nothing, I shall not want. And a lot of times, but a lot of times we, we look at that and we skip over the significance of what brings that, uh, lack of lack. What brings that, uh, that, those blessings, the, the, uh, the, the abundance, the, the, the rest, the, the restoration, all that. It, the Lord is my shepherd. Maybe we should say it together. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say it with me? The Lord is my shepherd. Let's say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Is he? I, I, I hope that he is. If he's not, he can be. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a, a, an awesome declaration that David kicks this whole psalm off with. It's almost like he's bragging. He, he says, look at who my shepherd is. It's the Lord, right? It's kind of like my dad can beat up your dad kind of thing, right? The, it's, who's my shepherd? It's the Lord. It's, it's the best shepherd of, uh, of all. Uh, the, the, that term, the Lord, is a Hebrew title, Yahweh, Jehovah. Uh, it's, it's the one true God, right? The, this is, this is uh, the God who wants to be our shepherd. It's, it's God who, who created everything that we experience in life from the amazing expanse of the universe. Man, we, we were uh, out in, in uh, big sky country and uh, went out late at night and they had a telescope out in the park and all the things and we're looking and, and I mean, amazing. This is the God who created all of that. But also the God who created the tiniest organisms that we can't see with the naked eye and everything in between. This is, this is the Lord who is our shepherd. It's, it, it's God who, who loves us, who is love. Not just that he loves, but he, he is love. This is the God that, that can be our shepherd. It's God who is, who is all-knowing and all-powerful and, and present everywhere and yet allows us to call him Father. It's, it's God who's, who saw us in our sin and sent Jesus as the atoning sacrifice for that sin to redeem and to restore us to a right relationship with him. It's God who has sent his spirit to literally live within us, enabling us to be holy, uh, guiding our steps, encouraging us, shaping us. It's, it's God who is, who is just and yet is also kind and is also good and is slow to anger and abounding in love who, who shows compassion and extends grace. And it's God who, in the form of Jesus, called himself literally the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. That is, is the God that, that, uh, that David is talking about. That God is our God. And when we quote this psalm, that is who we're calling our leader, our guide, our owner, our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Look at who my shepherd is. It's the Lord. And as we'll see, when we, followed, when we follow the, that shepherd, the Lord, we have everything we need. He guides us and he cares for us and he's with us. But just quoting that, uh, that psalm doesn't auto- automatically make this one true God your shepherd. Just because the pastor said, hey, say it with me, and you said it because everybody else is saying it, doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, that the Lord is really your shepherd, right? I think a lot of people would like the benefits that are talked about in this psalm uh, uh, without really 
really following the shepherd. We, we, we tend to follow we tend to follow a whole lot of other shepherds. Sometimes our shepherds are, are, are people that are around us, right? We take advice from people. We, we ask uh, uh, for, for, for their input in our lives or we're, we're following what they're doing and where they're going. And, and, you know, a lot of that can be fine. It's, it's great. It's, it's just incomplete because that's just human wisdom, right? And so we, we can follow their, their advice and guidance, but that's just human wisdom, uh, same is true when we evaluate decisions and and uh, and make choices for our lives based on uh, you know uh, positives and negatives, uh, pros and cons. It's it's as if we make logic our shepherd, right? Well, what makes the most sense? And uh, and a lot of times that is a great question to ask. And and there's a lot of things that <laughs> don't make sense that we uh, uh, we dabble around in when we shouldn't be. But but at the same time, it's just human wisdom. It's incomplete. Uh, uh, it, it it can only see so far. Of course, our our culture. Uh, provides all sorts of people and philosophies and lifestyles that, 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 that we could follow as, quote, shepherds, I guess, right? Uh, I mean, as simple as the, the latest fashion trends or, or how to design our homes or what to fix for dinner or, or what workout regimen to follow. We can, we can find our people, right, or our tribe, and, and this is who we are. And again, that's, that's great. It's, it's good to, to, to have some, some people around us and, and, uh, and we have like uh, mind and, and all those kinds of things, except... Uh, uh, again, it's, it's incomplete and it's n- maybe not leading us where God would have us to, do, to go. And of course, in our culture, there is no shortage of sinful, degenerate ways of living. And when we follow those shepherds, it doesn't lead to green pastures or still waters and we certainly don't find our souls restored. The culture around us can make for a pretty poor shepherd. I think a lot of times we promote our feelings uh, to shepherd status, right? How, how, how do I feel? What, what do I feel like doing? What, I, I believe it was Debbie Boone in the 70s, right, who, who told us that it can't be wrong when it feels so right? You, anybody? I guess I'm old, right? Um, it can't be wrong when it feels so right. Pretty sure it can. Pretty sure that maybe that doesn't hold up to Scripture. Uh, uh, a lot of us approach life that way, though, right? Uh, uh, our shepherd is our own happiness. What, what makes me happy? Uh, this isn't making me, I just want to be, I deserve to be happy. If I've heard that once, I've heard it a hundred thousand times these days. I deserve to be, well, you deserve to be happy. No, you know what? We don't deserve to be happy. Um, we deserve, well, maybe that's another sermon, but here, here's a little secret. Psalm 23 looks like it's all roses and sunshine and lush landscapes and happiness, Right? But following the Lord as your shepherd won't always feel rosy and cozy. But it's always right. And it's always best. Your feelings will not always lead you to the right paths. But the Lord will. He is our shepherd. We can have all sorts of shepherds. We could we'd spend the rest of the time talking about uh, different things that we follow, right? Um, Sports, uh, hobbies, uh, your, your job, your, your family, uh, a certain news network, uh, social media, a political party. We could go on and on. Who or what are you following? Who or what is your shepherd? All those things are fine. We can have those hobbies and, and watch those uh, news shows, all those things, but they can't be what the guiding force of our lives, right? 
If you're following anyone or anything except the Lord, you won't be experiencing any of the rest of the things that this psalm describes. Uh, again, Philip, Philip Keller here, I want to quote from the, from the book. He says, in memory, I can still see one of the sheep ranches in our district that was operated by a tenant sheepman. He ought never to have been allowed to keep sheep. His stock were always thin, weak, and riddled with disease or parasites. Again and again, they would come and stand at the fence, staring blankly through the woven wire at the green, lush pastures that my flock enjoyed. Had they been able to speak, I'm sure they would have said, oh, to be set free from this awful owner. And that's a picture of of what it's like to have a different shepherd other than the Lord. Weak and full of parasites and, and, okay, alive but not thriving, right? Who or what your shepherd is really matters. And so it's a funny thing. The, the, the only reason that we can call God our shepherd is because it's, it's, it's not, I mean, our choice is involved, but, but, but ultimately it's that God has chosen us. He has purchased us through the gift of Jesus' death and resurrection, right? He has, he has made the first move. He has extended an invitation into the flock, so to speak. It's, it's a lot like a, a human shepherd or, or rancher. Uh, uh, that person works hard, saves up, makes a plan. Then one day after all that preparation and work uh, with their literally their own blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, they've earned the purchase price. Uh, they, they go to, uh, uh, to, to pay for the, the sheep, and then the sheep become his or her flock. Now, now they are owned by the shepherd, and God wants to be your shepherd. He has chosen you. He has purchased you with the blood of Jesus. He, he wants to care for you. He wants to love you, to guide your life in great ways. He, he knows what's best and he calls you by name. It's been extended to us. The invitation has been extended. So the question is, so is the Lord your shepherd? Have you made the decision to, to, to follow him and no other? Have you renounced all other shepherds to follow him alone. If you have, uh, it, it will be obvious. Uh, you'll, you'll know it. Those around you will know it. Uh, you will, in a sense, uh, bear his mark. Just like sheep on a ranch. Uh, Philip Keller says, The day I bought my first 30 ewes, my neighbor and I sat on the dusty corral rails that enclosed the sheep pens and admired the choice, strong, well-bred sheep that had become mine. Turning to me, he handed me a large, sharp killing knife and remarked tersely, Well, Philip, they're yours. Now you'll have to put your mark on them. And I knew exactly what he meant. Each shepherd has his own distinctive earmark that he cuts into one of the ears of his sheep. In this way, even at a distance, it's easy to determine to whom the sheep belongs. It was not the most pleasant procedure to catch each ewe in turn and lay her ear on a wooden block and then notch it deeply with the razor-sharp edge of the knife. There was pain for both of us, but from our mutual suffering, an indelible lifelong mark of ownership was made that could never be erased, and from then on, every sheep that came into my possession would bear my mark. If the Lord is truly your shepherd, you will bear his mark. 
it will be obvious. And of course, I'm not talking about a physical mark. I, I had the thought that maybe I could uh, hire a, a, a tattoo artist to come in today and we could all get Medina Naz tattoos. And that would be the, the uh, maybe right between the shoulder blades. I don't know. Maybe we could, wait, I didn't do that. It's, a, it's okay. Uh, it's not a physical mark. Nobody's cutting your ear to show uh, that, that you belong to, to, to Jesus or belong to the church. It's not a physical mark. It's, it's deeper than that, right? It's, it's, it's a soul mark. It's a, it's a character mark. Uh, elsewhere in the Bible, it's called fruit, right? Uh, uh, God uh, changes us as his spirit works in our hearts, transforming our character to reflect his glory. In our uh, uh, questions that we, we, uh, we ask on a regular basis, I hope you're, you're still doing that and uh, thinking through one question that we ask in order to make sure that we're on track with, uh, with our, uh, in our lives with God is, do I see Jesus in the mirror? Again, that's kind of the creepy one. Why is Jesus hanging out uh, so I can see him in the, in the mirror? That's not the point. The point is, am I reflecting the character of Jesus, right? That's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about bearing his mark. Uh, his spirit changes us from the inside out and it's obvious uh, that, uh, that, that we're his because of the fruit, because of the character, because of, of how we live, what we say, what we do, uh, what we think, uh, where we go, uh, and, uh, and how we interact in this world. Is it obvious that the Lord is your shepherd? If it's not, are you really... Are you really in the flock? Are you really following? Or maybe you're following at a distance. Do you bear the shepherd's mark? Because you can't just pretend to follow. Either you're in or you're out. You won't experience the, the provision of, of not wanting for anything, of, of green pastures and, and quiet waters and a restored soul and, and his presence in the valley of the shadow of death. We won't experience those things if we've never truly allowed him to be our shepherd. We can, we can quote it all we want. We, I've, I've been in uh, and led uh, funeral services where, where I know that the family, uh, they're, they're receiving a little bit of comfort from some of the, the words that I'm saying, but, but there, are many, there were many in the crowd who, who, who weren't really following, and so that comfort was just kind of on the surface. The Lord is my shepherd he walks with me through the valley of the shadow of death. But the comfort that we receive and the, 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 the provision that we receive comes if we're really, truly following. The fundament, this, is, this is the fundamental question of life. Am I truly a follower of Jesus, the good shepherd? Am I following? Uh, it, it's not, do I go to church? Or did I give to the offering? Or, or am I a good person? Or, or do I have the Bible app on my phone? Or, or do I know Psalm 23? Or, I, I mean, fill in the, the the fundamental question of our spiritual lives truly is are you following is the lord your shepherd do you bear his mark am i following him one time years ago there was a newspaper office in a small town for those of you uh, under 20 a newspaper was this uh, really really flimsy paper that would come and it was it would rub off on your fingers and um, you couldn't click anything on it Um, it was just no just kidding all right newspaper office physical paper 
Small town, you can get the picture. They used to print, literally, this is how far back, they used to print the title and the text of every uh, pastor's sermon uh, in the Saturday edition coming up for Sunday so people could prepare. They got the church page and they, they, they printed the, the thing. So each Friday, the pastors would call in to the editor of the paper and uh, uh, in, inform him what, the, uh, what they were uh, preaching on the, the, the coming Sunday and, and let them know what was coming on. And, and, and it just so happened that, that on on one Friday, a pastor called in and got the editor's secretary and, and the pastor told her, well, this coming Sunday, I'm speaking on Psalm 23 and the title of my message is, The Lord is My Shepherd. And the secretary, she was new to the job and, and uh, she asked him, well, will that be all? And he said, well, that's enough. And the next day, the pastor turned to the church, church page as he usually did to make sure everything was in order uh, for, uh, in, in, for, for his printout for for church and that Saturday he found his church's listing and he read the Lord is my shepherd and that's enough that was the title of the sermon which I think he could have preached that sermon as well it's the foundation it's the essence it's the heartbeat of Psalm 23 it's just the first five words but when the Lord is your shepherd that's enough it's what kicks off everything to come. And we're going to spend a lot of time on, on everything to come. But if we don't get the first five words right, everything to come is just a lot of words. Is he your shepherd? Maybe you've made the commitment to follow him sometime in the past, but you're not following all that closely anymore. Or maybe you've, you've never uh, committed your life to following Jesus, the good shepherd, Today could be the day when you allow God to put his mark on you, to be uh, identified as one of his. He's already paid the price. He's chosen each one of us. Uh, He simply invites us to make the commitment to turn from any, quote, shepherd, other shepherds that we might be following. That's one way of saying we confess our sin we, we repent of what doesn't please God and we tell him that we want to follow him as our shepherd. Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us today. We thank you for these impactful five words that can be true for each one of us, that, that you are our shepherd. Lord, I pray that you would speak not just to our, our head, but to our heart today that your, uh, your spirit would move across our soul, that we could truly uh, sense your direction in uh, commitment that you might want us to make today. Lord, I pray that we can be honest with ourselves, with you, and that we can muster the courage to make the commitment that we really do want to follow you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.